Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Welcome to the EM360 podcast, where we have a weekly conversation with people who are impacting the enterprise tech landscape. My name is Matt Harris, editor here at EM360 and your host on today's episode. Make sure you stay up to date with all of our latest episodes by subscribing to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you go for your podcast needs. In today's episode, I'm joined by Umer Wahid, Head of Product Marketing at Yellowbrick, and we're going to be talking about why hybrid and multi-cloud are the new normal for data warehouses. Umer, welcome to the show. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, lovely to have you today. Um, could you just give us you know, a, a brief kind of outline on who you are and what you do? Sure. So uh, I've uh, I'm there. I, I head up product marketing recently for for Yellowbrick Data. Joined them about um, six months ago. A uh, really innovative startup in the data warehousing space. It's kind of a, a startup, but it's been going for about eight years, also. So uh, yeah, kind of in that sort of transition from startup to, to non startup. So I, my, I've spent my career the last twenty five odd years in the data analytics space as a practitioner helping customers uh, build data warehouses, do data-related projects and migrations, um, and then stepped into the vendor space um, through working with a company called Data Allegro about 12 years ago, which got bought by Microsoft and and is now the the basis of the uh, sort of uh, Synapse product line uh, there or the history uh, behind that. Um, And then, yeah, I've I've kind of, my career has kind of gone in a a number of different directions from sort of pre-technical pre-sales to sales to uh, kind of uh, consulting uh, and and latterly into the product marketing space where I'm really uh, enjoying helping customers understand, um, you know, what the value proposition around some of these technologies are and how they should be using them. Oh, sweet, sweet. So, so I wanted to ask you today about, um, obviously, what you mentioned, the, the data warehouse space. Um, what are some of the top level trends that you've been noticing? Because, you know, I've seen that the topic of hybrid cloud uh, has been getting quite a lot of attention recently. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think that's a, at the top level, I think people are being a lot more strategic in their approach to data warehousing uh, this time around. I think you know, we've gone through a lot of hype cycles of technology that have promised to do everything, promised to be the panacea for all data needs. And I think people are starting to understand that data, you know, putting data together is, is more complex, but equally it's, it's, it's more essential um, in that people are recognizing the value of data uh, in the enterprise. So I think people are being a lot more strategic in their approach. Uh, they're, they're thinking more deeply about the future and, and how things are gonna evolve over time. They're thinking about how people uh, are going to be engaged in that process. So it's not just about the technology, which I think you know, we've over-indexed in the top technology in the past, uh, but really about uh, how people engage with with data. And by people, I don't just mean data professionals and data scientists and the things that, you know, the, the, the roles that you might expect, but everyone within the organization. How, how do people actually experience data? How do they gain insights? Where, where uh, and how do we uh, extract value from the experience that people have? How do we allow them to take advantage of data uh, and you know, without being a you know a SQL guru, um, I think there's a lot of uh, work being done on that side, and that flows into things like data quality uh, and not just fixing data, but helping organisations explain to people uh, how and, and why data quality makes sense, for example. Um, and, and yeah, exactly. And, and you mentioned hybrid cloud. Uh, I think that's a, a another interesting uh, trend, obviously. Uh, you know, there has been a big push towards cloud in the last sort of decade. I think that would not surprise anybody. 
And I think potentially we've, we may have over-indexed on the cloud, uh, in, particularly in the data warehousing space. So you know, hybrid cloud, I think, is now people are starting to realize that certain workloads work well in the cloud, and there are other workloads that actually work better on-premises. Uh, and, and being able to do both is important. So uh, the cloud brings agility, uh, you know, allows us to, to really you know, start new projects and, uh, and get things going without any, uh, you know, without having to wait six months to go order some hardware and get it deployed in a data center and get it provisioned and get, you know, get it set up and deploy a database technology. So you know, cloud is, is definitely important. But when you get to a sort of a steady state, when you're running something 24-7 and it's uh, kind of becomes mission critical. Uh, sometimes, you know, for regulatory regulatory reasons, like you you kind of always need it to be on, and and you you, know, you need to have absolute certainty, and you can't rely on a on a cloud vendor, uh, cloud vendors uh, assurances. Then sometimes you need some stuff on prem. But the cloud vendors haven't really, you know, most of the data warehouse technology vendors haven't really stepped up in that space. So they've kind of created some of these hybrid offerings, which are a little bit weak. Um, so the ability to to reach onto on-prem for data, but not for to, for you to host that same service um, on both cloud and on-prem, and that's really what we've been doing at Yellowbrick. Is you know we we truly believe in in hybrid cloud and actually in multi-cloud. I think that's the other uh, thing. Someone mentioned the term polycloud the other day, which may <laughs> may not take off, but hybrid cloud and multi-cloud, I think, uh, are certainly things that we should uh, look for in the future. And as I said, with Yellowbrick, we we kind of build those from day one. And you know, if you're building modern software on modern cloud stacks and cloud native technologies, it shouldn't be a challenge. You should be able to deploy the same technology on-prem and on the cloud. And, and having the same means that you can start in one place and move to the other, but it also means that you can manage both in the same way at the same time without adding huge amounts of complexity to your architecture. So, so yeah, absolutely hybrid cloud um, getting a lot of attention. Yeah, I, I like the fact that Yellow Brick, you know, has that, you know, they, they have products that span both. Um, one thing that I wanted to ask as well, you know, we, we spoke quite a lot about uh, cloud there. Are you seeing all industries equally going towards the cloud or is it is it just, you know, uh, tech or is it just like financial? How, how are you kind of seeing that space evolving at the moment? Yeah, good question. You know, I think we saw different industries move at different paces. You know, industries like retail moved really quickly. You know, things like web applications and web web with web delivery and in, you know mobile phone type applications and services. A lot of the sort of retail services moved really quickly. Areas like healthcare and financial services were lagging slightly, uh, and and now they're starting to catch up. So yeah, we're seeing you know a little bit of catch up from some of those industries starting to think about how how data lives in the cloud. But actually, that the solution for those organizations that are a little bit more regulated, that are a little bit more risk averse, are going to be slightly different to those sort of early adopters that went all in the clouds early on. Um, so, you know, for example, in, in financial services, we're seeing this uh, topic of cloud concentration risk come up. Uh, so you know, we're all familiar with when our bank or you know, we might hear it in the news of a, a bank where you know, you know, a certain service, like people don't receive their paychecks on time because you know, something's out in terms of well, there's a backlog in payments and transfers. And that affects that one bank. But there are also issues, for example, if multiple financial services institutions all pick certain technologies or cloud vendors and, and they kind of all, all looking at the same thing, if there is an outage uh, on one of those services, uh, then that could potentially impact the financial services industry at a systemic level. 
So cloud concentration risk is kind of a, a term that's used to, it's sort of an umbrella term to I- encompass that risk of the potential systemic impacts from uh, over-reliance on one or more cloud providers or software vendors. Uh, and and that's, a, that's an interesting uh, topic. And potentially seeing people, uh, again, you know, that, that's affecting where people deploy technologies and their choice of what goes in the cloud and what stays on-prem. Yeah, I think I think it's interesting that kind of difference in you're obviously moving at different speeds. Do do you feel as though that there are some big misconceptions that maybe some companies have got about data warehouses that might be affecting the take up? Uh, and just to add to that as well, you know, are there any common fixes that a lot of companies should be looking at uh, when it comes to this? Yeah, I think the, the biggest challenge and the biggest misconception that we have or the biggest uh, problem that we have within the data warehouse industry, and, and actually we went through lots of debates with Yellow Brick as whether we call ourselves data warehouse is the term data warehouse uh, in itself. It's quite an overloaded term. Uh, it comes with connotations of projects from sort of you know, 15, 20, or even 30 years ago, um, you know, projects that were, were slow, uh, were really slow moving in terms of change, uh, didn't always deliver the value that people expected uh, from uh, you know th- those technology deployments often cost a lot more uh, than people uh, were anticipating. People, so people recognize the value of data, but then the, the cost of the platform and the, the complexity of deploying uh, data warehouse, particularly towards the centralized model, which people were uh, find, w- w- were moving towards, uh, was 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 pretty onerous. So I think you know that's the biggest mis- misconception with modern technologies. Uh, you know, in, in, in modern advances in the data warehouse space like Yellowbrick, uh, but there are other technologies out there. You know, the ability to scale elastically, the ability to leverage things like cheap storage in the cloud, like uh, object storage, mean that we can really build really large data warehouses uh, in the cloud with huge amounts of data with very little complexity. You know, uh, you know, at Yellowbrick, for example, we don't require indexes, which you know was, was you know and, and maintenance of the the database in the same way. That you would have done 20 years ago if you were building on like an Oracle or a SQL Server or or even at like a Teradata type platform. You know, so it's, it can be very hands off. You can potentially even build. You know, we, we see this trend towards data lakes because you know, as a sort of a backlash uh, from from data warehousing in terms of an easier way to store large volumes of data that are, you know less frequently used potentially uh, or less structured. But there's no reason why you know with with modern technologies you couldn't store all that data in a relational data lake. You know, data lakes have uses, but if you're actually going to uh, query that data regularly, uh, or, or you want it available to be queried regularly, uh, then actually it doesn't cost a huge much more uh, much more to put it in a modern cloud data warehouse uh, platform or on-premise data warehouse platform these days. Um, so I, I think that, that looking at that mix, I think is is something that people should be looking at around what information needs to go in a data lake, what is really n- only accessed very infrequently. And sort of, you know, you need it there. You need it you know, in in near line, uh, but you don't need it online. Uh, and um, yeah, but I, I think that balance between data in a relational context and data in files in a data lake, uh, people should be looking at the, the 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 balance and what balance is correct for them. Mm. Yeah, this is clearly like a sort of you know area of of tech that you feel quite you know excited about and quite optimistic about. Um, where do you kind of see the data warehouse space in say five to ten years time then yeah that's, that's a tough one a lot of people have uh, have forecasted things around data warehousing got them wrong <laughs> in terms of the, the, the long-term story but mm. now I'm, I'm hopeful that in five to ten years time that we will see a lot more automation happening in terms of how data flows through 
uh, you know, from source systems through to you know, systems that are available for people then to query to get insights from concepts like data fabric, which are uh, kind of emerging now, uh, really talking to that uh, sort of you know, that, that need to drive automation. But that need to drive automation also drives a need for technologies that describe data, uh, you know, both from a that when you you know, bring in a system like a, a cloud system or a SaaS system or an ERP system, that actually that they those those systems will start to automatically provide feeds of data uh, which are well described. Because um, at the moment, you know, data is a little bit of. I always feel like data is a bit of a uh, an afterthought when people acquire a new technologies and new data sets. So hopefully, you know, it will become more business as usual to plumb in a bit like we plumb in, uh, you know, a washing machine into our system. You know, plumb in new data sets, not have that heavy lift of oh, I've got a new system, a new ERP system. I need like a you know three year project to figure out how I'm going to gain insights from this thing, which is kind of where we're at today. So a lot more automation, a lot more sort of plug and play. And I think you know, as, as a whole, like, I hope, I, my hope is that we'll, we'll see a lot more education uh, of people being able to exploit data. Uh, so people actually understanding you know, how to use data in their day-to-day and get, get value from it. And it not being a, a skill that's left to those sort of gurus that can write you know, hardcore SQL queries um, or build really, really complex report, you know, reports in, in, in BI tools, which you know, are accessible, but you know, to get the real value can still be pretty complex to, to build the right models, et cetera. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of hope, what I'm, it's more what I hope for than what I'm forecasting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, in fact, thank you so much for joining us today. It was really, really great to get your insights into the data warehouse space. Perfect, thanks, Matt. Great speaking to you. Yeah, and you, and you. And and thank you to everyone listening as well. We hope you took a lot away from today's podcast, but for further information on what we talked about then, please head on over to yellowbrick.com. We'll be back next week with another episode in our podcast series, but until then, make sure you subscribe to this podcast on all major platforms. Follow the conversation on our socials at EM360Tech on Twitter and LinkedIn. And for more great daily content, please head on over to EM360Tech.com. Mm-hmm.